0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby, you can find us on Twitter at acsmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. and as always, follow the mothership at the only colors. It is July, mid July okay. now, yeah, and uh, we're back. You know, football season's right around the corner. People forget there's football season
2: happening in six weeks.
1: Six weeks. Wow, that's why we felt like we had to we had to get back here. It's been a an extended absence for the pod. Uh, it's summer. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to interrupt. You're at the beach. You're, you're doing busy. something. You're, you're very busy. Yeah. You're drinking White Claw, obviously.
2: Oh, quick thank you to our sponsors, White Claw. Yeah. Sponsoring the pod.
1: Sponsoring the pod. You know who we're not going to thank?
2: Henry Henry's Sparkling Cider. Yeah. They get a non-shot out. They, to- they didn't want to sponsor us. Mm-mm. So guess what, everybody? Don't drink that
1: garbage. Don't drink it.
2: Continue drinking the Claws.
1: Yeah. Forget all other seltzer sparkling waters. But Stay true to the claw. Claw's up.
2: But not truly.
1: No. Oh. Careful. But here's I'm where, still rusty. Here's where you don't go. Henry's. Definitely not. Put it down. Call them Hanks. They don't like it. They don't like it at all.
2: Yeah. So maybe you'll uh, answer your DMs now, Hank.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye. Henry. All right. So moving right, on. To thank you,
2: sponsors. So now moving on to, you know, we were, football's around the corner, but, but. You know, I sometimes in a summer evening I find myself watching a little NBA Summer League.
1: Yeah, I mean, a year ago you actually ventured out to—I did Las Vegas. Yeah, and
2: I guess apparently now that you know, now that I'm married, two people get to say what we do with our disposable income. Um, apparently, this was quote not a good use of our money for me to go back out
1: there. Mm-mm. What is that? I listen. I really like Mrs. Kirby. Uh huh. Big fan. Yeah. I'm going to politely disagree. If
2: everyone could start adding, I need a little more support from everyone. I'll happily go out next year. (laughs) But this year, I'm missing a lot. We have five players
1: competing. Five guys that graduate, well, Mm. whose last year in college Mm. basketball was at uh, Michigan State. Um, Four of which, no, three of which were coming off of this previous year who just... Uh, Ended up in the Summer League. Of course, there's the two graduating seniors, Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins. um, Neither of whom, unfortunately, made an overly strong impression.
2: Um, Debatable. Uh, Matt McQuaid was, (laughs) you know, subjectively the reason Matt Costello played so well for the Pistons. Mm,
1: That's a great point. You got to
2: have a hype man on the bench, Austin. Yep. You know, a guy that is in your ear letting you know that you're doing everything right. Costello, who legitimately is making a case for making the Pistons roster,
1: Matt Costello actually played. Like I ended up watching some of the summer league. Go. Yeah, because yeah. why not? Um, and he looked pretty good. He's thick, multiple C's. Mm. Uh, he was looking like a man who's played some professional basketball and just a functional, functional center. And that's honestly something not to get NBA here, but the the Pistons could actually kind of use that, it's like important. a backup five it's and. Man, that'd be fun. I so purchased one of like the eight Costello jerseys that got purchased.
2: The Stello Stallion played five games, uh 21 minutes a game, 13 points, 8 boards, 1 block, 57% from the field, a lot of hustle points. Yeah. That's all just you want.
1: Functional. He'd right. be functional depth in the NBA and he'd come at a, a steep discount for NBA teams. But yeah. Matt McQuaid, I should have given him his credit. He put up two really good looking shots.
2: Yeah, just like they moved the rims. Two shots. Got two up. Hey. No doubt. Um, I don't want to take too much credit, but Kenny Goins did play in his first and only summer league game last night. Yeah. And I may or may not have threatened the Denver Nuggets Twitter handle. Said I would unfollow them unless they played Kenny Goins. Fast forward, Kenny Goins played, not only played, 19 minutes. Drained a three. Eight points. Hit a three.
1: What more could you ask for?
2: Uh, I could ask for maybe getting some irregular tech.
1: Yeah. I I don't disagree. Um, Kenny, to me, though, like, in 10 years ago in the NBA, not ever doing anything (laughs) for any reason. But, uh, like, if they're... Is an era where you know maybe he grinds it out in the G League or overseas or sure. something, and like finds some way to be effective. Matt Costello's like, here.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying. Like well, it's, Matt Costello here three years later.
1: It's not impossible. It's not. Um, and listen, NBA players, you should know better than to leave Kenny Goins open from three. You've seen what happens when this happens. Three. You just don't leave this man open. TBD if
2: Zion even makes the, the you know makes it in the league after what Kenny did to him.
1: It's true. Mental fortitude, we're not sure. Consider Does he have it?
2: I don't know. Zion didn't win the last game he played, so think
1: about that. It's something definitely to consider.
2: Nick Ward mm. uh, with the Hawks, he's played in all five games, averaged over 16 minutes, 6.6 points, 6.4 boards, more than a block a game, about 50% from the field. It's kind of what you want to see. Um, I think his, what he's going for is to make a G League team
1: here. Yeah, I think that's probably always the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's
2: doing that with what he's doing here.
1: Yeah, 100. percent And honestly, Atlanta would not be a bad place to end up. They're a bit of a forward-thinking team, and uh, it's a pretty young roster. So he might actually get a crack. And they just traded Omari Spellman for Damon Jones, but still. Um, so that uh, best of luck to Nick.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep track of these guys um, through the NBA season and G League as well. I don't. I'm remiss not to say. Uh, how Miles Bridges has been doing.
1: Miles, it's funny. When you talk about the NBA Summer League, when guys go back for their second year, Mm do you want to see them be like the best player on the floor or Mm -hmm. one of the clear standouts? Mm -hmm. I think you got that from Miles, not only in the the numbers that he put up. I He played 25 minutes a game, uh, averaged 13.5 points, 6.5 boards, shot 50% from the field, and had uh, over a steal a game. But he's also flashed the highlights. I mean, he had... Like, the mega crams. He had one where he flew down the lane and cocked the thing back behind his shoulder. And then he had one of, like, the more outrageous dunks you'll ever see in a game, Summer League or otherwise. Like, on the fast break, Eurostep off his right foot, windmill cram.
2: It was so, like, subtle.
1: It was just so casual.
2: Yeah, and that's part of it. Even LeBron tweeted at him and was like, I don't want to catch a body
1: from Miles this year. Listen, Miles is is going to be on maybe the worst team in basketball, although the Cavs still exist. It's true. um, But the Kemba Walkerless Charlotte Hornets this year is not going to be. It's going to be a John Kirby-only viewed team.
2: Hashtag Buzz City, hashtag Hive Life.
1: (laughs) Hashtag Hive Life. Uh, Yeah, Miles is going to get. Tick for that team. He's going to play, you know, thirty minutes a night, and um, maybe this is the year where he pops off. I mean, he won't lack for opportunity. No, certainly not. Again, back to
2: um, my you know disposable income. Apparently, I'm not uh, supposed to buy a t-shirt of every NBA team anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I already bought my Hornets jersey or yeah. Hornets tee for Miles this year, so
1: yeah, Ready so rock. Jokes on the wife.
2: Also, like I'm getting in. I'm the not at the ground floor. Like I'm in the bomb shelter with the yeah. Hornets. Okay, like
1: yeah, they are so bad. Yeah, I'm in early. You're just buying a plot of land mm-hmm. in a speculative area. I, hey, I don't know. Like hey, maybe someone moves here eventually. Um, Is
2: Miles the next Draymond Green? I don't
1: know. Who's to say? We'll see. Uh, don't send me down the Draymond Green being a free agent in a year when the Pistons have cap space rabbit hole because we don't want me to go there he right now. He wants to come home. i um, not now.
2: Maybe he brings. Not his now. Staff. I don't know. So you want to give the bonus?
1: I, I want to give the bonus, and then I want to give a bonus visual first. Oh. Go for the bonus. Oh,
2: a uh, quick bonus! You may remember our friend Javon Bess. Mm-hmm. He got picked up by the New Orleans Pelicans. He actually won a Defensive Player of the Year in the uh, blank and the A10 yeah. last year. Got a spot. Played in four games, um, zero for eight from the field.
1: Okay, but
2: um, playing over eleven minutes, three point five boards. Let's just say. Shout out to getting, getting some run.
1: Hey, man. Way to turn it around from transferring.
2: And, and Marv Clark uh, signed a Euro contract contract recently.
1: So you have to buy that jersey, too.
2: I'm running out of dis- this said disposable. Yeah. Very
1: quickly. It's, it's not going to get you far. <laughs> Bonus visual. We already talked about Kenny Goins. But it occurred to me about halfway through the Summer League that he was on the same team as Bull Bull. Mm. And mm. the image of him guarding Isaac Haas is so burnt into my memory that it's blowing my mind that there is potentially a more outrageous visual existing in Las Vegas right now of Kenny checking Bull Bull in Nuggets practice. I don't
2: don't want to one-up you, but I did text you, turn on NBA TV (laughs) immediately. Taco Fall is Mm -hmm. playing and Kenny could get in and guard Taco Fall. Oh boy. That.
1: That would have been exhausting. I don't know that I could have handled it. It would have been... Kenny Kenny
2: would have had PTSD. Yeah. He's like, I've
1: done this before. uh, uh, Not again. Uh, So much therapy. Um, Just wasted. Uh, But yeah, so NBA Summer League, there's your update. Um, We do want to talk a little bit more basketball here before we dive into football. Because let's just save it.
2: Folks, we we have one of the potentially most talented Michigan State basketball teams that we can remember. And, and we have a
1: lot of time before we have to get into the nitty-gritty. Oh, but, but we're going
2: to talk about them. Yeah, I mean. You better believe it. These ga- these teams don't come around to. Well.
1: Things go south in the football season. Mm-hmm. Let's just say this will turn into a basketball podcast very quickly. V quick. Got some
2: schedule updates.
1: Yep. Always fun. So we knew we were playing the
2: Champions Classic, playing Kentucky, who is currently, you know, Easily a top five team.
1: Yep. Um, you know, they lose players every year, but. Doesn't really. Affect you them. know, Tyler Hero gone. PJ Washington's gone. Um, but, like you said, they bring back Ashton Hagens, who's really what Xavier Simpson wants to be. Mm-hmm. IMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, as always, Kentucky brings in just a star studded class. They have one of the best classes in the country with three five star players, uh, including players. One player is very near and dear to our hearts and Keon Brooks, mm, yep, who is Brooks. probably going to end up starting for them. Yeah, we um, wanted him
2: pretty badly. And then yeah. the, their gem, think about this. Keon Brooks is not their gem. I mean, no. That dude's top uh, 10.
1: Well, let's see. Keon 10. Brooks checks in somewhere in the top 15 or 20.
2: Their number one guy is probably Tyrese Maxey, who's yes. a top five kid.
1: Yeah, according to rivals, Tyrese Maxey uh, checks in at, where is he? 10. 10.
2: So they have four freshmen who are probably going to get a lot of tick, but that's no different than they think. It should be a great test for our veteran team. Yep. And quite honestly, I know a lot can happen, but Michigan State will very likely be favored in every single game they play this year.
1: Yeah, it's hard to imagine.
2: Even though we're going to get into these non-con games that are ridiculous, Yeah. still – should be favored in every game.
1: Yeah, Champions Classic, obviously a tough one at MSG, uh, but MSU should benefit from being. We're the older team. The older team with the best player in the country. Uh, Ashton Hagens is a great early test for uh, Cassius, though. Absolutely. Another big game, the Gavitt games, Big East versus the Big Ten. So
2: if you're unfamiliar, it's because Michigan State hasn't played in it yet. Yeah. It's uh, Big East versus Big Ten, like you said, but this is our first round. Yeah. First, first at bat here. Got Seton Hall, which is sneaky good.
1: Yeah, Miles Powell is... You've seen a lot of like early preseason All-American polls and stuff like that. Cash is on all of them, not to brag. So is Miles Powell, who is a combo guard, who is an absolute killer. I mean, he had a game... Wasn't it against Kentucky where he hit mm, uh, overtime two. dagger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... That was he, him. Yeah, he has the ability to go... Pretty supernova. I admittedly don't know a lot more about Seton Hall, but when you've got one guy like that in college basketball it can win you a lot of games. So two
2: things will happen. One, we'll see if Josh Langford is up to speed, and two, if Rocket Watts is ready for the
1: big boy time. Yeah, and that's uh I mean, even if Josh Langford's not ready, one of the obnoxious things about this team is they have so many other guys you can run out there. This seems like the first not the first, but an early season test where you this is Aaron Henry's chance to really make a statement because you saw him become absolutely locked down at the end of, really, most of last year, especially the second half. Um, this is a big moment. That could be a big moment for him.
2: Got a lot of opportunities for big moments. The next yep. one is the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Home game against Duke. I would to go on record a home game. I think we've had a home game. It's been eight straight either away or neutral against Duke.
1: Against Duke, yeah. Nice of, so nice of you guys to come to East Lansing. I think this
2: is Duke's first away game since 2004, period. Yeah. <laughs> they are playing... So they have Vernon Carey, another guy that uh, we were... We wanted de- badly. ...down to ride with, but he's a Zion light, I would think would call it.
1: Yeah, I don't even know... And so he ends up uh, the number five overall recruit, which is crazy, because he was number one most of the year.
2: I mean, I'm not... I, Listen, the recruiting numbers to me, if you're in the top 10, you're all the same. You're pretty damn good. And a lot of them move based on who's – he he signed, like, what, six months ago? Yeah, and
1: a lot of it is reclassifying and things moving around. Um, But Vernon Carey, you know, I don't really think comparing him to Zion is necessarily the type of player that he is. He's a plus athlete, a big-time athlete, but he's a true 5 I think he wants to be a four, but he's a five. And so um, how he fits in there is going to be interesting. He does have a front court mate, Matthew Hurt, who is uh, a five-star power forward who's also coming into Duke. And Duke does bring back, bring back Trey Jones. They're going to be motivated after losing in the Elite Eight. Um, but this is, you know, MSU's chance to, to get them at home and, again, going to have a big-time experience edge. And really, as we saw, they can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody. So, you know, that's – that. The own needs to be absolutely on fire for that game.
2: Um, so that takes us to the Maui Invitational. Hey, should we go?
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, does anybody want to sponsor us? Uh, Would anyone like to pay for us to go to Maui? Hey, Please.
2: Calling on you, Henry Sparkling. Now, Win us back.
1: Now is your chance, Hank.
2: Jump in. So, uh, schedule's released for Maui. Open in with Virginia Tech. I'm going to be honest. They're
1: very bad. They lost everybody.
2: Literally every single person is basically gone.
1: Blackshear, Nikhil, Alexander Walker, Justin Robinson, and I think I'm even forgetting somebody.
2: We call this a transition year.
1: Yeah. The reason being because... Well, and Buzz is gone. Well, Buzz left, and that yeah. is why. So uh, Secure the bag. I get it. They
2: stink. So, probably a fairly easy dub there, and most likely game against your Tom Crean, George Bulldog. Yeah. So, Georgia is relevant because they actually have the number one recruit in the country, Anthony Edwards.
1: One. Well, according to the service of your choice, number three in some, one Ugh. in some, either way, he has been compared to uh, a very James Hardenish player and he is... Real, real, real good. You're talking about, again, like a top five to ten type player, maybe even you know, in contention for number one. It's very early. You know, we are saying similar things about like Nas Little, maybe not in the type of player he was, but in terms of where he'd get drafted, he ended up at the end of the first round, so things could change. But moral of the story is this guy's damn good. And Georgia's been a program on the rise. I mean, they got a kid drafted, uh, I think, in the early second round this year. They're they're big men. So, um, they good, won't
2: be terrible. And good good last year's, last year's uh, Georgia team, it's on the wrong end of a few bounces. This is like, an, to me, probably an NIT team that when you have maybe one of the best players on the floor almost every night you play with, when you're not playing Kentucky, you yeah, have better chance to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, you probably have to think of them as the third or fourth best team in the SEC maybe. I don't know. Florida, because, Kentucky, well, LSU-ish. Then
2: well, then you, for, you have forgotten about the Auburn Tigers.
1: I have forgotten about the Auburn Tigers. The Final Four returning. Boy, wow, yeah. No disrespect. sheesh yeah
2: disrespect was strong there. sorry so finally and this would be the premier matchup uh the championship game for maui would be against likely kansas and kansas is stacked again you know, yeah devin Dotson, asabuki just so yeah. if he ever plays well
1: the good news for michigan state is that uh Quentin grimes is gone uh, he transferred somewhere, but he was the guy who absolutely murdered them. I think he shot, he made like seven threes Maybe. in the first game of the year and then shot like 20-something percent the rest of the season. So having him gone is nice. They bring in an interesting, uh, actually kind of a down class for Kansas. It's true. Four four-stars, um, including a name that is near and dear to everybody in the state of Michigan's hearts, and that's Jalen Wilson. You may recognize him from such films as John Beeline's last recruiting class. You hate um, to see it. Just hate to see it. Really, be a shame if he was just awesome. Um, so they're
2: stacked, and uh, a really great test, and that is going to be a another prime game. So we just listed off, you know, Kentucky at Seton Hall, by the way, an away game, true away game. Duke, um, Georgia with will have a premier player kansas and that's all we know so far
1: right and then there's potential other i mean and then you get into don't even talk about the big 10 oh, which should be pretty solid again um
2: excited it's gonna be stuff. one of those
1: years where it's funny we'll get into it with football in a minute it's kind of the diametric opposite we're like yeah you're really excited but this is one of those big pressure years that you might not enjoy unless this team is what it's supposed to be you
2: well know, it's gonna go back to the miles journey or wherever you're just gonna be Unless they win by a ton, you're going to be like Mm -hmm. nitpicking at everything. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent. And we'll be here to help, dude. It's going to (laughs) yeah. Oh yes, we will. Okay.
2: So um, since we chatted last, I think this is very old news, but we want to talk a little bit about a huge recruiting pickup for the 2020 class. Yep. Joining uh, Jalen Terry, the number one player in Michigan, is young Joey Hauser. A transfer from Marquette?
1: Yeah. Uh, was at one point in time a four-star recruit. Twin brother to... Not twin. Uh, not twin. Younger brother. Baby Bo.
2: Baby bro-bo. To uh,
1: the other Hauser. I can't remember his name. He
2: stinks. He's in Virginia. doesn't Steve- matter.
1: Stevie? No. No.
2: S- Focus on C-
1: Cedric? focus on joey whatever we got the better one um joey hauser though uh 6'9 235 through the 230 pounder uh averaged 10 points a game five boards and shot over 42 percent from three last year the fact that anybody could average 10 points a game while sharing the court with uh marcus howard tough to do is also part of why he left uh the school um is is impressive kid really fits the modern college game as a stretch four, maybe even a stretch three in a pinch, um, maybe even a five in a pinch, kind of flexible. But he's going to sit out this year, uh, did not appeal to um, for immediate eligibility. And the bummer for MSU really is that he's already burned his red shirt. So he's only getting two years of real eligibility. But No, he's getting three. No, he's burning this one.
2: Two, but he can apply... For a third year, because he enrolled at Marquette early in January 2018, which gives Michigan State the option of pursuing an NCA waiver for that third.
1: Year. For a sixth. so what it would be a sixth it, season.
2: And and by the way, he may have a great year. And
1: yeah, he might not be around. I, so I kind of a feeling we, he won't be the type of guy that's going to want to come back for a six year. We
2: don't know really what we have here.
1: Yeah. So, but when what you saw in one year in the Big East was a pretty Joey Hauser. That's the other. No, that's the kid. That's we got. Damn yeah, it. You got it. Uh, Anyways, the what you saw in the Big East was a good-looking young player who Mm -hmm. had the chance to step up and be like you know second or third option on this team again next year. Um, But you know, big addition it does really help out that recruiting class where MSU has a bunch of offers out to some really good players. But when you can get a dude that you have seen play college ball and you know is going to be able to hang in the Big Ten, that's That's a big time win, and to spin it forward, let's briefly look into what this might do for that rotation. Okay. In uh, I guess it'd be twenty twenty one.
2: This would so we got uh, two scholarships available, Mm -hmm. three if Tillman goes early. A lot of people
1: seem to think he will. Which he's getting mocked in the first round in a lot of mock drafts.
2: So uh, the point guard position is solid you got Foster, Lawyer, and now Jalen Terry, as we mentioned. Uh, Foster would be a junior. Jalen Taylor, a uh, freshman who will definitely get tick.
1: Yeah, he's going to
2: play a lot. Um, so the, the lineage of a point guard every other year is still tracking for Izzo here. Yep. Um, the two spot, very likely Rocket Watts, uh, his to lose. And then you have a very large depth problem. So with the two yeah. scallies available, you got to think that a combo guard. Yeah, is. I think
1: this what what this does is it opens everybody's eyes to where if you're a, a person that follows recruiting, kind of where you should be looking, and that's that that wing spot, that two three, um, because Rocket Watts, you, like you said, there's really a three guard rotation right now, and what you're counting on is two guys you've never seen step on a college court and Foster Lawyer, who has his limitations. Excuse um, me, I'm, I'm sorry that you've seen that I. <laughs>
2: That are probably gone now.
1: Who am I to judge? Um, But then after that, you know, for as as not filled out as that rotation is, the front court is pretty damn good. And this is assuming Xavier Tillman leaves. At the three, you're talking about Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown. Now, I think Aaron Henry could easily shift up and play the two. Or be gone. Or or leave. I mean, no, really. he, He absolutely could leave. And then the front court, you're talking about, Joey Hauser, we just talked about, Marcus Bingham, Malik Hall, Thomas Kithier, and, and Julius Marble, who's a freshman this year. Now, you don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns there. Bingham, Hall, and Marble, obviously all sort of potential-based mm-hmm. in Hauser. I think you kind of know what you got there, and you kind of know what you got in Kithier. Um, coming out of it, obviously, so far to go before this gets really ironed out, but from a recruiting perspective, MSU is probably going to be concentrating on on guards and like swing forwards. So uh, Bryce Thompson's a five-star combo guard who just got offered by MSU. Cameron Fletcher is another big uh, three who could definitely play some two as well. Um, He's out of St. Louis. And then you got uh, the kid from Benton Harbor, uh, Carlos Johnson. Scooby. Scooby. Scooby Johnson and Isaiah Jackson, who is very close. He's he's another big, but he's he's very close with Jalen Terry. Um, I would never even rule out a grad transfer with the way that that all kind of works now. So uh, I think MSU has, like you said, two scholarships available. At least one of those is going to go to a, a guard.
2: And seven seven offers out there yeah. right now. So there's there's a lot of... Listen, we're talking about a roster for not this coming year, the next one. Yeah. Yeah, we're digging it. We're kicking this off with a bang. Baby. Yeah, we're going hot. So this was um, pocket all that stuff. Uh, we'll come back to it when we do the MSU preview. Um, For not only this season, but
1: in several months,
2: yeah, it'll be only like 18 months from now when we revisit that. All right, so that said, we do have a very good team this year, and I would be remiss not to ask you uh, about how you feel about MSU's national championship odds as posted by Vegas. Currently, best in the nation at plus 650, meaning one dollar pays six dollars and fifty cents. You buying? Or are you going to hope it falls?
1: I would probably. I would only wait because I think the other teams will end up getting really, really hyped. Like I think the Memphis hype train will get very hot. I think okay. people always talk themselves into Duke. Uh, UNC got a guard in Cole Anthony, who is unanimously mm-hmm. ranked right up near the top of all the rankings. So I think that the reason I would not buy right now is because I think I could get better odds later on. Now, okay. if I, if you're just asking, how do I feel about Michigan State? Being a, a national contender and favorite, I mean, I full stop. Wow,
2: awesome! I know it's every year, but like this is unanimously,
1: yeah. Currently, Vegas
2: feels the most confident, yeah, in a returning Final Four team, which makes sense with the best player on the court every time. I Vegas mean, I would 15.
1: say, why wouldn't they? Of you know, like I, you just did this. You just did what you did. You won the Big Ten. You won the Big Ten championship, and you went to the Final Four. Like you, and you beat Duke,
2: and and without. Josh Langford.
1: Without Josh Langford, and and you almost did it with like, you did it on the fly, like you did it with Matt McQuaid. God love him. You did it with Kenny Goins. God love him. They were building the car while they were driving. The, yes, and and this team changed its identity halfway through the year, and now you've got a unquestionably more talented roster coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to really kind of fit Nick Ward in there too when Xavier Tillman became kind of clearly the better player down yeah. the stretch. Part of that not Nick's fault with the injury and everything, but. Um, You've got a team now that not only is experienced, but is versatile across the board, uh, is a really good – this team became a really good defensive team last year too. And you you did – I think in Goins you lost some flexibility. In McQuaid you lost a really good wing defender, but you're also now – you have an older Aaron Henry you have Josh Lankford, who was a passable defender before he got hurt. You've got Xavier Tillman now as the thirty-minute a game anchor. How about a
2: healthy Kyle Arns?
1: Kyle Healthy Kyle Arns. Uh Marcus Bingham. You've got untapped potential, Malik. I mean, there's just there's a lot to like. It,
2: it, it it's a spoil. It's the spoils of this depth.
1: Yeah, it's it's an embarrassment of riches in a lot of ways, um, and it's about as exciting as it gets. I mean, I even think that like. With a guy like Rock, I think what Rock Watts is going to do for this team is going to be really pretty incredible. Because you, you talk about a second-team offense bucket-getter, a guy who can actually spell Cassius and spell Josh a little bit.
2: I can spell that.
1: I can spell their names, that's what I mean. but that's it. Oh, okay. um, so I feel as strongly as ever that Michigan State's got a, a great chance to win the whole thing. But I'm going to
2: pocket my I would freshman wait. hot takes, but... This brings us to our friend CT and TC, a, a Michigan friend, by yeah. the way, mm. who uh, we had some great content uh, questions. Yes, thank we're you. We're going to pepper him in here. First one from him was, uh, uh, would you give up your pinky toe on one foot for MSU to win a national title in basketball in the next five years?
1: No, in football and basketball. Oh, football
2: and, I'm sorry. You get both. Wow. Oh, I didn't read it correctly. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. What do yes.
1: you do? This was easy. No one knows that. if I had to lose a toe. Mm. There is no stipulation on here that says I have to broadcast it or tell mm. anyone anything. So it's my secret. Mm. And it's just a toe. Mm-hmm. It's a toe. I, like, I, it's fine. It's a toe. I, I'll get a prosthetic toe if it means having to balance. Dude, uh, if it was just one, no. I'm not doing that for one because I don't think I need to, possibly. Oh, I see. You uh, saw my line. Sorry. I, I don't need But for both? Mm. The hang mm, banners mm, in both? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the toe. I'll tell you what. I'll mail it to you, CT. I'm
2: pretty... Dude, it's graphic. Ooh, I, I'm pretty good. I'm confident. I'm not cutting off limbs. Any part of it. It's me. not a limb. It's
1: a toe. Well, You I, can't even
2: I, feel it. No digits will be removed
1: mm, from fair. me. Now, right.
2: that said, um, I don't think I need to in hoops. Possibly. Um,
1: the football Possibly. Team needs
2: a lot of help. My, am, I am a Joe.
1: Really good transition there.
2: So, let's talk about so the Big Ten Media Days are coming up.
1: Indeed, they are this Friday. Who wants to get us passes? Hey,
2: at at us if you think we should. Hey just Henry. Show
1: up. Hey Henry, you want to help us out again? Get us some credentials.
2: Or us, and we just show up, and we could also like we just show up, full suits,
1: tuxedos. I think yeah, I've got one.
2: Let's do full tuxedos and show Great. up.
1: Great. Now okay, I could use a top hat. Somebody want to give me a top hat? Guys, we have. We are literally this-
2: begging. I mean, Friday is when it kicks off, so you're going to have to Amazon. I'm
1: very perform,
2: sure. It's prime day. days,
1: so let's let's get a move on here.
2: So Joe Bocce, Raquan Williams, and Kenny Willickis will all be representing Michigan State at Big Ten Media Days. How do you feel about that?
1: It's it's I really love what D'Antonio is doing here, and just leaning into the fact that it's all defense. Like, not putting Brian Lewerke out don't, there to answer. Don't make him answer questions. Right, don't make him answer questions about being hurt. Uh, you don't want to put... Cody White out there doing the same thing. None of the offensive linemen deserve to go. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, you don't have a running back that's really a senior leader. I suppose you could do Daryl Stewart. But in reality, when you think about this MSU team, you're thinking about the defense, and these are three seniors, guys that deserve to go. I mean, I think Willekes and Bocci were no-brainers to begin with. Of course. I love seeing Raekwon get the opportunity, sure. and I love that the, the chef cook up. But, um, you know, it's, it's fun to see – these three guys get rewarded. I, I'll admit, I, Raekwon was a bit of a surprise if only because David Dowell is also a senior. Mm, Good point. That's it. I'm, I'm a, I've been a Raekwon guy for four years. I'm a huge fan. I love these three guys. They put a perfect face on Michigan state and uh, I love that. They're just going to lean into it.
2: All right. So we know when we go there, please um, tweet at us the questions you want us to ask um, Harbaugh, Jim Hart, you know, if you have anything you want us to make sure we note to him, mm-hmm. um, we'll talk to the other coaches too. I especially specifically though, if you want us to ask Joe, Raekwon, or Kenny anything, holla.
1: yeah,
2: so we'll throw we'll uh, we'll get in there. Um, we received some schedule updates. Indeed. Um, here's some good news, bad news. Bad news we already knew the home slate stinky.
1: Yeah, big stinky. Stinky
2: pu, but but the good news. Great kickoff times.
1: Like, the most ideal. If you're a college... Like, if you're at MSU... Let's walk through them. You don't have a single noon kickoff. You don't even know. You have no idea.
2: Well, they'll get some. These are just the ones that have been been announced, but...
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Touché.
2: So, let's walk through them, what we know. Yeah. August 30th. uh, This is the first game of the year versus
1: Tulsa. That's the Friday night.
2: Yeah, of course. we're used to that. Friday night game. Great. dope. Ideally, people go. Because, you know, first football game. Some would hope. Well, it's just the first game. Happy to be back. Yeah. Night game. Let's go.
1: The golden hurricane. I think the next... Maybe... We might even win. Ideally. Yeah.
2: Again, back to if they don't win that game, then the pods can't Oh, yeah. Uh, The next game, I think a lot of people should go. Western Michigan, night game. Western Michigan.
1: There'll be a lot of Bronco alumni in the house.
2: Folks, it might get a little
1: dark a little testy might get dark yeah it's gonna i mean those two schools that's after the it? that game is the reason they don't sell beer at spartan stadium
2: to, yeah yeah i'm getting nervous for it already but i think people will go should and, and then you finally you know ideally they win you know, both of those games i think they probably should it's september 14th home game versus arizona state
1: yeah this would have been a good one to to really Paying to get back. that yeah to get that noon noon game Just to make them play at like 10 a.m. there. time, or whatever. Yeah.
2: That would be great. But unfortunately it's at four, which is still like one p.m. their time. They never play early there. Yeah. Never. The Pac-12 always plays at least like, they
1: like have to play late because of the So hot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So great game. I think that, yeah, that's our, probably one of the marquee games besides, uh, what we're coming up to I
1: mean, Penn State's not on. Of the home games. Yeah.
2: And we don't know. Of this
1: slate. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, couple weeks later you got a home game against indiana homecoming yep probably should be four and one or five and l one would hope you'd think um and then gets the little dicey at ohio state night game rough stuff not
1: where you want to be hey. necessarily hey. although did it once although did it recently yep folks uh and then october 12th last one here at wisconsin three thirty or 4 p.m um
2: would have liked a nooner i I don't hate it no in an away game I like yeah. it. I like the fans sleepy,
1: oh, no, that's fair, you know now it's time to get all liquored up mm-hmm. um yeah, so, Wisconsin I'm excited to talk because i like as hard as it is to win a camp Randall, I like I, I just like the way that we match up with them.
2: So do you have everyone that's listening a little preview? Here's what we're gonna do um It is July fifteenth. the season is around the corner. But we're gonna wait until we talk about the schedule, schedule and the games um, until maybe a little bit later. Yeah. What we will do is we're gonna be giving you position previews um, every week leading yep. up to kick, and we're also gonna introduce a new um, interactive portion, yeah. and we're gonna need your help. Um, it's called "Why This Program Sucks," and we're gonna <laughs> ask you to tweet at us, um, whoever we are playing that week, why they suck.
1: We're gonna start it. At- so at the beginning of the week, probably Monday, because we record on Monday nights, we'll throw out to the crowd, or maybe even the weekend before Sunday, we'll throw out to the crowd what program we're talking about, and it will be the opponent the next week. And we want to hear from you guys why this program sucks. You get like now, two it, sentences. It can be about the actual team. It can be about the state. Culture. Culture. Whatever you, whatever want. you want. A coach that you didn't like. An ex-girlfriend was that went say, there. Yep.
2: Whatever it needs to be. I don't You matter. tell
1: us we'll read the top few uh on the program.
2: So we won't just wait though until Tulsa. Mm. Because there are four Big Ten teams we don't play. Yes. And we're going to touch on them in the off season. Yeah. So start thinking about the Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska and Purdue hate percolate. Yeah, and then we'll touch on those. that in a little bit. Yeah. In a so, couple of weeks we'll ask for that content.
1: Yep. We're we're going to get those towards the uh, towards the end of the off season. But uh yes. Um, it's okay to talk about curve fairings, by the way. It's allowed. It's on, it's on the table.
2: Encouraged, actually. Mm-hmm. So just put that in your back pocket. Start thinking about it. I do want to throw out some summer uh, Vegas odds mm. because, you know, I like my prop bets.
1: He do like his prop bets.
2: So they're out. You know, most games have actually, the big games have already have their lines laid already, which is, guys, so dangerous. Do not bet on those because, remember, injuries happen
1: and also you don't know what any of these teams look like. More than half like like 40% of the players that are playing this fall did not play last year.
2: Let me segue right into football national championship odds. Please do. <laughs> so uh this year uh we got odds on everyone but four teams in the Big 10. Unfortunately, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers and Illinois, they didn't get they didn't get odds. Indiana
1: a little disrespected. Are they Nine, Indiana. Well, we'll get
2: to nine, Wind Indiana. Yeah. But uh, the Big East, the, the number one easily walking away, Ohio State is plus 900, followed by Michigan at plus 1500. And then you got Penn State and Wisconsin at plus 6,600, Nebraska plus 700, LOL. Yeah. Uh, and then MSU and Iowa tied right there at plus 15,000. So that's 21st highest in the country. How yeah. do you feel about Michigan State having the 21st highest odds
1: to well, win the Natty? I think it's pretty incredible that a third of the top 21 teams that are being like getting those odds are all from the Big Ten. It remember, says a lot about...
2: Remember, there may be a plenty that are tied at the 21st spot. Mm,
1: okay, but still, but, I think yes. that says a lot about the country and a lot about the, the conference. Um, I think that's probably about Right, sure. I mean, probably a little high. I'm, a, I'm, a, a, if I can be totally honest, I don't know how many ties are in here. I assume there's a decent amount, so they probably check in somewhere realistically in the 30s, high 30s, which seems about correct to me. 21 seems high,
2: but yes, and here's why though: they have the opportunity to play three. Oh yeah, two real
1: big. Well, here's the thing: is if if MSU were to win. 11 games this year I'm just throwing it out there really? not saying it's likely or anything like that no. if they won 11 games I mean and managed like mm-hmm. if they made if they won their division yep which means they'd have to win 11 games at least Let's see then yeah if you win the big ten at 12 and one if you win your division and that which means you had to beat two of Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and then you go to the Big Ten championship and win that and some higher 12 and one yeah you, prefer, you would have to get in the playoffs.
2: I prefer the the Bama route.
1: Just beat everybody? No, well, that's oh. the Clemson route. Oh, good the point. The Bama
2: route is to actually not go to the the championship game.
1: I wouldn't hate that.
2: And it's just back door.
1: I would prefer that. So there is a dream scenario, just for the record, that I'm going to throw out there say that it. I know we've talked about before. Say it. That <laughs> in some world, Michigan gets to the Big Ten championship game and wins, but by winning. By winning, puts Michigan State into the national championship. The,
2: the playoff instead of yeah, them.
1: into the playoff or Michigan beats Ohio State and it puts MSU into the Big Ten championship. So like that's more I'm plausible. willing to sac yeah, that's really the one I'm willing to sacrifice that storyline of them losing to Ohio or Ohio State every year if it means them helping us jump them Just and get into the, the Big, Big Ten. Stuff, it folks. will be oh, I'll enjoy it so much. But I, I do think this is probably a little high. Sure. But you're right. The opportunity—it's like an opportunity cost. Thing.
2: Exactly. So then, let's jump quickly into Big Ten conference championship odds. Same same thing happened. Uh, MSU is the sixth highest of everybody. They're at plus two thousand. So a dollar, um, dollar, dollar a plate, pay twenty. On when, How do you feel about that?
1: Sixth highest. In the the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Behind
2: Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska.
1: It doesn't matter. Well, I almost don't even think about Wisconsin and Nebraska because it's a totally separate conversation because they're in their own division. But, I mean, they probably should be fourth. Based on the year they had last year, yeah, they should be fourth. Now, do I think that these three teams in front of them are mountains better than them? Ohio State, yes. The other two, no.
2: But Ohio State is, is a new breaking in a new coach, breaking in a lot of new new quarterback, a
1: new quarterback, a lot of new receivers, a lot of new. They lose a lot every year. It's true. But they deserve the benefit of the doubt.
2: You can. We do
1: get them early in the season, though. We won't get into that right now.
2: I do want to go on record that you can put a dollar on Rutgers to win the Big Ten, and it will pay five hundred.
1: I wouldn't. You can do that though. You
2: could. It's a. It's a choice you can make. All right, so we promised you some position previews, and we also promised to answer some questions, so we're going to fit them in here. Um, One thing we'll do with our position groups is not only preview them, but thanks to some great questions that were asked, we're going to talk about a position battle within that group that intrigues us the most, one that scares us the most, and an incoming freshman that we're most excited about within that position group. So, Austin, we're going to talk offensive line.
1: Yes. Um, We figured we would just get the worst one out of the way right off the bat. Uh, and talk about the offensive line. I mean, it's, it's no secret that this team uh, really, really struggled, and this group really, really struggled a year ago. Uh, one of the funnier statistics you'll see is actually that MSU was returning eight players that started a game last year.
2: So, wait a second. This is an old, I've said it on the pod before, but it's an old Judd Heathcote the good news is we bring everyone back. Yeah. The bad news is we bring everyone
1: it's back. <laughs> this is the ultimate example of that. Like, I mean, this team is bringing back players. There's People. stuff. Uh, this rushing offense last year was just abysmal. But, yeah, so that's the bad news is that this it's not necessarily a great group. Uh, rushing offense last year ranked 115th in the country, um, 118th in yards per carry, 126 and explosive rushing
2: folks. They're only 130 teams.
1: Yeah. So, um, not great, Bob, you know, that's not awesome. But, uh, I, the fact that there's a lot of guys coming back tells you that there were a lot, there's a lot of adversity that this group had to overcome last year. I mean, they started nine different position groups or nine different starting combinations in some position groups. Really, nowhere. Really, it doesn't even matter. No position group can survive that type of turmoil, especially an offensive line. Um, guys that have to communicate more than any other position group aside from maybe your quarterback. Like these guys are the ones keeping your QBs upright. They're the ones c- carving holes for your running backs. If they're not doing that, your offense isn't going to do anything. It's going to look a lot like last year's. Now, there are some players, the sum of the parts last year was not. The individual talent outweighed that, in my opinion. Um, names you'll remember, Cole Chewins at left tackle, Tyler Higby at left guard, Matt Allen at center, Kevin Jarvis, right guard, Jordan Reed, right tackle. And the two other guys that uh, filtered in a lot were Blake Buter and Luke Campbell. So it's actually seven dudes that are returning. Only one leaving, and that's David Beadle, who kind of was one of those always what-if guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Um Now, there's really only three players that you can look at of this group and be like, okay, they're going to start. It's just a matter of where. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt Allen, I think, is for all intents and purposes locked in at the center position. Uh, And Kevin Jarvis is all but locked in at the right guard position. Now, those, in my opinion, are plus offensive linemen. Those are guys that you're very comfortable having as starters if they're healthy. Kevin Jarvis was the most highly-rated recruit of all of this group. Uh, started as a freshman, limited to, I think, seven games last year, uh, and didn't never kind of got rolling. Now, he seems healthy now because he literally squatted 600 pounds in the last two days, was it? That is something. That's outrageous. That's two offensive linemen he's got on his back. So... That's obviously great. Matt Allen is. He's an Allen. Mm -hmm. Now, it's funny, you think about Jack and Brian, and you remember the peaks of their career where they're captains, they're both NFL draft picks. You know, Brian getting drafted in the fourth round. Neither of them really started to excel until they were upperclassmen. Right. Matt Allen has a chance, and you can't ask for two better mentors than his older brothers. Um, he has a chance to really take a big step this year, and him being comfortable in that position is going to be critical across the board. The third projected scar- starter is Cole Chewins, and he's the one that it'll be really interesting to see where he ends up. Because he can play either tackle positions. played mostly left but has switched over to right in times of need. Um, He is, you know, he's made that journey from the 200-pound tight end to now like a 310 tackle, which is insane. Um, Probably really fun getting there, but still. uh, Sounds great. He's going to end up at one of the tackles. Now that leads us to um, the the position battle that intrigues me the most, us the most. And that to me is whatever tackle Chewins is not at. Mm -hmm. That's the most intriguing one. Because there's a couple different guys that could end up at that position. And that's Jordan Reed. uh, And and the big competition this year is A.J. Arcuri. Now, A.J. Arcuri has gotten a ton of praise, like effusive praise from the coaches this offseason and the players alike. Um, He is battling with Jordan Reed for a starting job at a tackle position right now. Now, Jordan Reed has drastically underperformed. Mm -hmm. He was a four-star recruit was never really big enough to hold his position. And I think that's actually, before I dive into that, that's a theme across the board. And this is where one of those big position coaching changes happened. Jim Bowman back from co-offensive coordinator now to the offensive line. uh, He has absolutely hammered home the fact that his offensive line needs to be bigger, larger people. Because that was one of the things. They couldn't get anybody off the line. You had several starters under 300 pounds.
2: Here's what's troubling for me. That's not a, like a revelation. It's not. Like, we're in the Big Ten. When How long has Jim Bowman been on this staff?
1: Yeah, a while.
2: Why Why is this just, hey, oh, you know what? I just figured it out. Yeah. Now I I didn't realize it before.
1: Well, he's now back in charge of the position group. And just to, to in terms of the listed weights, here are some of the gains that have been made this offseason. Chewens is up 10 pounds. Higby's up 15. Jordan Reed's up 25. Matt Allen's up 12, and Luke Campbell, another player who's factoring into a guard battle, Uncle Luke, is up uh, 12 pounds as well. You can see they're placed heavy emphasis on that, which leads me to believe that they're going to place emphasis once again on the running game. Um, Reed versus Arcuri is a big deal. I mean, discovering a hidden gem on the offensive line, as we've seen in the Jack Conklins of the world, not comparing the two, but Mm -hmm. finding that guy and getting that... If you can roll out bookend tackles and have a center who knows what he's doing, and have yep. Mahler at right guard, you could figure out that other position between Buter and Campbell, um, and then Reed probably factors in there somewhere as well. So uh, there are bodies. Um, so it's it's it's, it's something. And, and MSU did bring in a lot a lot of uh, freshmen. They actually brought in four offensive linemen, uh, five, I think. So, is there any one Four. of them
2: that you think will be playing or seeing? Oh, well, let's answer the question. The question yeah. is actually, uh, incoming freshman, you're most excited about. That doesn't necessarily mean playing time. Yes, but so you can do both.
1: So, to me, the most exciting is, it's got to be Devontae Dobbs. Yeah, uh, Devonte Dobbs was I think he ended up as a four-star tackle, top, um, vehicle, top fifty player out of Oak Park or Belleville, mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, the Fighting Gabe Browns. Um he was a nationally recruited player. I mean, he had offers from like the Bama's and LSU's and Texas's of the world. Georgia I think offered him, Michigan I know offered him. Like this kid had his pick of the litter and he still chose to come to Michigan State. He didn't come here to sit. Now, I'm not I'm not saying they're going to hand him a spot. Mark Dantonio prefers to redshirt those offensive linemen as he's tried to do his entire career. Mm-hmm. But he has the chance to force himself onto the field. Now, he is not at school yet. He does not, doesn't get up there until the fall. Um, but you'd be crazy not to be most excited about him. Now, he could really benefit from that new redshirt rule where he, I would fully expect him to play four games. And Probably. it might he might be one of the guys that doesn't play those four games until later in the season sure. when he's had more time to get comfortable. That so I would not be surprised by that. There's also Spencer Brown, who was a four-star offensive tackle, was a commit Way long it's ago. Like I think he was ones. the first commit to the class. Um, he apparently has a little bit of work to do to get on the field, but he was a mid-year enrollee, uh, so he's been around for a little while, has a leg up in terms of experience. Um, but it was nice to see MSU go out and get a you know four offensive linemen in a class is, is a really nice thing to see, especially after kind of ending up in this position where they're sort of in no man's land last year and this year. So um, those, those are the guys that, that excite me the most.
2: All right. So, got some more questions.
1: Yep. Good preview. Well, wait. Did we talk about scares you the most? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's almost... Not all of it, it was, but... Yeah, well, it's all pretty scary to answer the question, yes. Um, the thing that scares me the most is... is um, It's actually... You know what? It's the same one. It's Jordan Reed and uh, AJ R. Curie, or mm-hmm. whoever has to figure that out. Basically, if you don't hear about somebody stepping up to the forefront early yeah. to mid-fall, you have the right to be worried. Because this is a situation where it's there for the taking. And if none of this huge group of players, where no one's really the favorite. I mean, like, no one has a noticeable leg up. Jarvis, Allen, and Chewens have starting spots locked up. I truly believe that. The other two, it could be anybody. It could end up being Spencer Brown. It could end up being Devontae Dobbs. Uh, I mean, it could end up being Arcuri, Higby. These guys all have opportunities. So if you don't hear about somebody breaking out of the pack, that's when it's time to get worried.
2: Well... The running game can't be much
1: worse. I was going to say that's the silver lining of this whole thing. I, I don't know how it could get worse, and if they can just be healthy, I just think health health alone is as big a deal as any with the offensive line, and uh, hopefully they can have some of that this year.
2: All right, so let's continue the running uh, running game question. If the Q and A over under on jet sweeps to the short side of the field through the first six games of the season.
1: How many oh, man. Uh, we were talking about this before we started. This is from 4th and Bearded on Twitter. Thank you, OG Milhouse. Uh, thank you, OG Milhouse. Um, I was saying that I think Brad Salem, for his first call as offensive coordinator, should run a jet sweep to the short side of the field. <laughs> like, <laughs> jet, like if he did that, I would skip past hate and go straight to him being my favorite offensive coordinator of all time.
2: When You, you almost have to expect respect the trolling so much oh yeah it's kind of like you know the closest thing is like when you hate a player on the team so much you actually start to respect them oh yeah
1: 100 percent. i would
2: hate that so much that i would be like you know what i like
1: it yeah well i mean like it happens to me with some msu player every single year matt McQuaid. i used to rip on matt McQuaid, and now and, and now i will remember him very fondly as an msu i player. used to not
2: like iggy brass until i loved him because of how ridiculous he was yeah Same thing. It's like, you're so ridiculous that I can't even handle it. So the answer is how many?
1: Ah, God. I mean, if it's over three, I'm going to pull what I have left of my hair out. So I'm hoping that – I'll say – God, I I hope zero, but I'll say three and a half and hopefully take the under.
2: All of the white claws will be put into a funnel and put down my throat at
1: once. I will make that commitment to the listeners. If they run a short – A jet sweep to the short side of the field and I'm in a place where it is acceptable to do so, I will chug a White Claw for every time it happens.
2: Perfect. I'll do that. Great. Continuing on with White Claws, Arpon Lobo asks, would you rather never drink White Claws ever again or only be able to drink White Claws besides water?
1: I mean, the answer for me is obvious. Easiest answer ever. White Claw is water. Next. What's the difference? Wait,
2: and by the way, I don't... Don't say besides water. Don't need water.
1: No, don't. Water, need water.
2: is in white cloth. If I'm not. Mistaken.
1: It's the same thing. So
2: needs to drink.
1: Okay, easiest yeah, so question. Not it. sure what you're trying to get at there. Next.
2: Uh, all right. At Spartanav asks most painful losses of
1: the Dantonia era. No. So why would we do that? I won't do that.
2: We're having such a good time. We're
1: having fun here. The season. We don't have to think about losses yet. Let's Why enjoy would we ourselves. Do that?
2: Is it not this summer? This might
1: go badly in a couple weeks. We, can, we, we need to enjoy this.
2: Trust me when I tell you things can get dark on the pod. Oh.
1: <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. We
2: don't need to do that. No. All right, let's keep it going. From our boy at Fajita Doctor, which just, is
1: still number one at First, we need to take a second and just <laughs> once again revisit this Twitter handle. Because it's my favorite one, I think I've ever seen.
2: It's so we we've commented on in the past. It's so good.
1: Yeah, fajita doctor. Everyone I mean,
2: else, step up your
1: game. I just hope you're a chef <laughs> or a doctor. No,
2: either. Uh, All right, which MSU assistant coach shakeup will have the biggest impact, positive or negative, on the field this season?
1: Uh, if you have to, so I think ultimately it's got to be Brad Salem. Like, yeah, because he can't possibly have a negative impact. So I'm going to keep the positive spin here. Okay. I think he will have a very positive impact if for no other reason than it can't get any worse than last year. The other thing is an open mind and somebody who is familiar with the players, but is also kind of been able to see, okay, this was really bad before. So now I'm going to change it. Yeah. I think that's a super valuable insight. And that was part of the reason I was okay with a lot of the shakeups that happened. Um, I think another potentially big one is Mark Staten getting back with the tight ends. He clearly wasn't doing great with the offensive line. He was, he was the tight ends coach uh, and, and seeing over the tight ends when, you know, Charlie Gans of the world, Linthicum's, you know. Yep. A, and that's a position that Wes will talk about has just like, complete, over the last couple of years, just completely disappeared Gone. from MSU's. non existent. Yeah, which is not good. Um, right, so so I, I like to think it's Brad Salem. All
2: right, so I'm going to go on a, a mini- mini rant Mm, yes listen you can't describe a better situation than brad salem just walked into picture this you friend and listener at home you get offered a job and in that job they say hey man you don't even have to do well you just have to do better than literally the worst we've ever had and you don't even have to be good we included people (laughs) are just saying just to be in the top 100 Good. Out of 130, so literally, you walk into your first your job, and they're like, "Hey, man, like, listen, if you could just not truly stink, just like, because we had a guy that really stunk, like, sucked so bad. Oh, we didn't even fire him, so don't worry. If you do badly, we're not going to fire you.
1: It's like, did you come to work?
2: You showed up. Shout out. You spent three hours of the eight-hour day in the bathroom on your phone. You know what? actually still an improvement from the last guy still better which is just awful i can't get i've had a whole off season to decide if i was like okay or not with the coaching change yeah not okay <laughs> it's not okay you just like none of them are, are competent that they've <laughs> ever been to prove like and it back to like we're all gonna get be really i here's what i can't have happen and i won't let happen I'm not gonna sit here and be really happy when Brad Salem ma- has Madden picks his way to a top 100 offense, and we're all gonna be like, "Good job, yay!" Hey, man, yay. you win ele-
1: you win 10 games, and you beat Michigan with a top 100 offense,
2: and that's what. But that isn't that is ridiculous to me because and stay with me. Yes, obviously I want that, but then you're showing me that. That, it, that is not the ceiling with the players that you have. Ceiling is the roof. Ceiling is the roof. Like, clearly, if you're able to win 10 games, you, you should have been able to win more because you only had a top 100 offense. Fair. So, I'm already big mad. And you I, are.
1: And here's what I'm just not going to do. And it, He's literally never called to play. I know! And you're so upset.
2: I, <laughs> yeah, and that's a problem, too. He's never called to play. He's literally... He's literally asking Corso, asking Madden, and he could still do a, have done a better job. And that cannot be, like, acceptable.
1: I don't disagree.
2: But unfortunately, that's where we're at, because we have an elite defense, which is tight, and yeah. I'm super pumped about that.
1: But And we bring back... If the offensive... Ugh, I don't even want to get into well, it. We have so many so other many previews weeks. that we have to we have do. so many previews. I am more okay with it than so, you.
2: So how should we fear... So from Tzam 2299 how should i feel going into the season cuz i have no clue right now here's the answer alston knows this in the summer i go a little bipolar mm-hmm. some days i am i cannot be convinced that we are even going to have a winning record and then the very next day sometimes that afternoon i'll come <laughs> right back around and tell you about how we're a playoff team and yeah. it's a shame if we don't win the if make it to the playoffs
1: yeah my highs are a little le- i'm a little less volatile I would
2: say my swings are I,
1: strong. I will say that I think I am the exact inverse where in season I am from down to down. I'm just a mess.
2: And then you know right now, during the season very calculated. And during the season it's all numbers. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm not going to get too upset about it. And I it.
1: am panicking.
2: We need to have to switch that this, role. it's though. a
1: good yin-yang situation for now, but I I look at this team and based on the if you look at like if you go in with a couple assumptions, first is that that defense is on par, if maybe slightly worse than it was a year ago. Still a top 10 defense. Yep. And then that offense is literally a top 100 offense, which means yes. averaging probably 24 points a game. That would be it. 24. If Michigan State scores 24 points a game last year, they go 11-1.
2: Well, I'll give you a 10.
1: Statistically. Eh. Statistically. The only loss is Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just, you're the numbers guy. It's I'm just, just saying it's, the numbers. It's
2: just like absurd about how good this defense was. I just want to remind everyone. They were put in the worst situations. No rest. All here. No rest. They get three downs and a punt. They don't even have a chance to go sit down before it was time to walk back on the field.
1: And that's why if you go in with that assumption that that same defense comes back, and if you go in with the same with the assumptions that the offense is like the tripping over itself drunk version of last year's, just like with the drunk confidence, where you're like, "No, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this do right what now. I want. We're gonna do it. We're invincible. If we're just that, this team's gonna, this team should be pretty damn good." Oh, by the way, we also went through like seven punters last year. <laughs> we we did. didn't even have special teams. <laughs> I forgot. It was literally just the defense. I know.
2: It's kind of funny, and when only because it's so awful.
1: Yeah, it hurts so good. You know what? The good you means, have you have to laugh. You know the,
2: we, yeah, no one in the thing wheeled
1: Oregon to seven points and lost.
2: <laughs> you, you just gotta laugh. You gotta laugh because <laughs> oh. it's so sad. Hopefully,
1: You're, it's just one of those. Remember when?
2: I don't want to remember. No. I had actually forgot.
1: Remember that time we held Justin Herbert to seven points, and then he was the top five pick the next year? That's actually
2: awesome. It is. Um, Yeah, held bummy Nebraska to nine Uh, points. uh, uh,
1: I will say that I feel, in general, this way. You can really compare this season to coming off of the uh, B-Dubs Bowl season, in my opinion, with maybe – you came out of that year with a little more immediate optimism because you had – well, you didn't really have Connor Cook, but you had a win in the bowl game. This one, yeah, there's that defeated feeling, but there's just so much coming back. Yeah. And teasing for a future preview, but Brian Lewerke is healthy.
2: That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I'm
1: not saying. I'm just saying.
2: Well, we've seen what a healthy Lewerke is capable of.
1: We have. We have. and it and, was we ha- and he didn't have this defense. So folks, with that folks, before we make this a three hour pod, we're gonna stop here. Um, as always follow us on social
2: thanks for the questions.
1: Yeah Twitter first yes, thank you for the questions. We uh, really appreciated those and there are some others we did not get to that we are st- saving for a better day or uh, just like a more relevant pod. Um, as always follow us on Twitter AC Smith 06 at John underscore Kirby um, and at the only colors. Guys, it's good to be back we are excited for now and uh,
2: we're expecting a lot from you the listener yes a lot of you, we're gonna be asking a lot of questions specifically looking forward to a lot of really great um, why that team sucks
1: yes we're really counting Bring on you guys noise. For it. okay all right guys for John this is Austin. we will catch you next week later
2: today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.